This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Last week we uh, talked about gifts from an extravagant father. And we talked about, you remember, the robe of righteousness. We talked about the ring of authority. talked about the shoes and those shoes meant that you were no longer uh, a slave, but you were a part of the family. And uh, we talked about how Jesus revealed God as Father. And how he, he went beyond that and he said, not only do I call him Father, I want you to be able to call him Father. I want you to have a relationship with him. So he, he calls the religious people just to have, you know... Uh, it was just chaos in their life because this was a revolutionary message. I mean, it completely was blowing people out of the water that you were calling God Father and that we could call God Father. And we looked at our, our God and how Jesus compared him to the Father in the story we call the prodigal son and how God the Father was on the front porch waiting for the son to come home. And, and as soon as he did, you know, the son comes home and he has his rehearsed speech. You know, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. And, you know, just let me be a hired servant. And it's as if the father just doesn't even calls attention to that. And though he's repented there. He immediately calls for the best robe, and that's the robe we saw of righteousness. And that robe of righteousness means that you've been clothed with new garments and that you stand before God free from sin and condemnation, guilt, fear, inferiority, as if sin never existed. That's how clean we are. That's how clean that blood made you. It made you brand new that you can stand before God. So now we can run to God even when we sin because it, it, that robe is so powerful that we can go and we can receive. I may know that when you get saved, you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, your spirit becomes new, but our mind, our soul, and our bodies, there's still some work to be done. Do I have a witness in this place? There's still some things that need to be done, and we call it renewing the mind and, and taking authority over our, our flesh and, and getting the body to come into alignment. And we have, to, we have to do those things, but we've been given authority, that ring of authority that we can speak the name of Jesus, and we're to, we're to speak the dry bones and call those, speak life into those bones. We're to take authority over the enemy and the things coming against us that do not line up with our covenant, which is the Bible, what the Bible says about us. We come against those things. And then the shoes of peace. You know, Jesus, they took his shoes off and nails were uh, placed in his feet. And it's where you can walk in shoes of freedom, that you can walk a path of peace with God. He was disrobed where you could be robed with righteousness. 
He laid down his authority where he could have called for 10,000 legions of angels to set him free. He laid down his authority where you could take up the authority of God and issue forth commands in the name of Jesus and the enemy has to flee and obey. He was silent on the cross where you can open up your mouth and speak the good news of the gospel, can speak and declare what he says about you and about others. You can open up your mouth and tell someone about God and his goodness and how wonderful he is. So he did mighty work at the cross. He did uh, tremendous things that we're still learning about. And you'll spend the rest of your life learning I want to look at done. But this morning, I want to look at a different aspect. I want to look at Father's extravagant loving kindness, the loving kindness of God. And when you get this, this revelation, it kind of changes everything. Let me give you a definition of extravagant. It means exceeding the limits of reason or necessity, unreasonably high in price, excessive, extreme, to lavish. I want you to know our Father is excessive. He's extreme. He's unreasonable in his loving kindness. His love for us is extreme. Would everyone agree? Hopefully you agree after this, this message is over. And I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter 9. This is in your notes, verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast of this that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Now, we know, the, we know that God has promised us wisdom. He's promised us provision. He's promised us many different things in the Word of God, but we're not to boast in those things. How many people boast in their, in their money, their possessions, their riches, or their wisdom, or how smart they are, or all these different things, and yet God is telling us what to boast in. Our boast is in Him. Our boast is in knowing Him, which we heard this morning, get to know Him, knowing Him and understanding Him. You know, you can understand God. He wants you to understand he wants you to know him. Now, we might think, can we really know him, know his ways? You can. You can get to where you just age. You understand. It's a lifelong process. Guys, we have an example of, uh, of your wife. It's a lifelong process. Start understanding do I have a witness any man brave enough? Never mind. <laughs> They're just different from us, so we have to have understanding <laughs> and learn. Hallelujah. 
So we're to boast in knowing God in his goodness, his loving kindness. In Psalms 107, verse 43, whoever is wise will observe these things. And uh, for the sake of time, I didn't put the chapter before the rest of the chapter, but you can go back and read that. He's talking about the things that Lord, uh, his goodness. Whatever is wise will observe these things, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. So it's important that we understand his loving kindness. We find this over 250 times in scriptures. It's important. This is what we're to boast about. We're to boast in his love, his loving kindness. So we need to understand it. And it changes everything when you get this revelation. It changes you because it's hard. You know, I always heard, get to know God, be intimate with him. It's hard to be intimate with someone. You think if you mess up, they're going to get you. Or they're going to turn their back on you. It's hard to be intimate with someone like that. But that's not God. That's not the way he is. And once you understand, and parenting, I think, is one of the closest things. When you have a child, maybe they're not pleasing you with their behavior, but you're, you love them no matter what. It's kind of the same thing. God's loving kindness is excessive. It doesn't make sense. And we don't see, we're used to the love we get from humans. And it's different from him. And we even see it in the prodigal son. You know, the son comes home, he has squandered inheritance. And yet, the father didn't go, you're going to pay it all back. Or look, you made your bed, now you're going to lie in it. He didn't do any of that. He restored him. He forgave him immediately. And he was restored back. It's a part, a vital part, functioning part of the family. That's the way God is. His loving kindness. When you understand intimacy with him. Loving kindness. Let me just give you a, a definition here. And... Loving kindness is God's unconditional, unfailing, unlimited, unending, steadfast love. And um, I looked this thing up. There is so long and so much to it. But this is kind of the, the summary. So, um, one of the um, commentaries said is the chief distinct character of God is loving kindness. Uh, what we see here is the true nature and character of God. And, and we need to know him. We need to know his ways. His ways are ways of love. He's merciful. He's kind. He's unfailing. His love will never fail you. He never rejects someone that comes to him. He is faithful. He's loyal in his love. It said that uh, reading the, the different commentaries said this, this love is so loyal and so strong that they could not compare it to any man's or human's love. It was not comparable. It was so strong, the love of God. And when you get that love in you, you get a revelation of that, it causes you to love others. And you can start loving them 
even when their behavior is unlovable. Loving kindness of God. His love. People love us based on our behavior most of the time. You know, it's how good's my behavior to them. That's how much I'm loved. Most time, that's the way society or culture, our culture is. But see, God's love is not based on you. It's based on him. It's based on his nature. It's based on who he is. That's how he loves you. That's a whole different aspect to this thing. Say, well, I'm not lovable. Well, God, who is love, loves you with a steadfast love, for loyal love, a love stronger than any human love. His loving kindness. People's nature, based on our conduct, God loves us based on his nature, not our conduct. Because he loved us before we came to him. God so loved the world that he gave. You realize when Jesus was walking this earth, he was the only one connected to Father. He was by himself. There was no one like him. Yeah, he came. What a great demonstration of the love of Father, the love of God that Jesus came. Mm. Understanding his loving kindness produces faith. Faith is a, a byproduct of the love of God. Understanding, have a revelation of his loving kindness. In Galatians uh, chapter 5, it talks about faith works by love. And I used to think, well, my faith works because I'm, I'm loving pretty good this, this week. I'm loving everybody. But the Lord changed that on me and said, why do you keep looking at yourself? You're not looking at me. I said, what do you mean? I, faith works by love. I've got to walk in love. He said, yeah, I want you to walk in love, but I want you to start Stop looking at your love. Faith works because your, your faith is in my love for you. And when you're head over heels, knowing how much you're loved, faith will rise within you and you'll trust me. And how much I love you. Now how good you're being and how your love walk is. Now, usually I'm, I'm pretty merciful. I'm, I'm walking, you know, endeavoring to walk in the love of God. But how many are like me? There's times you got to work on it. You got to work on it. And I need my faith to be anchored in the God of love. I need my faith to be anchored in the unending, unfailing, unconditional love of God. And my faith will work. Because when I look at others and maybe their behavior, maybe they said some things about, about you or about me. Maybe they've lied. Maybe they've 
whatever they've done. When I look to Father, it's easy to forgive. It's easy to walk in love because I know who I belong to. I know how much he loves me. And I know how much he's forgiven me. Anybody in this place messed up before? I think we're honest. We've all messed up. We need the loving kindness of a good God, a good father to love us. And he does. And that causes me to forgive easy, to love others. Now, I don't suggest that you have to go hang around that person. You don't have to. And you forgiving and loving someone doesn't mean you approve of their behavior. But you can walk in the love of God towards them. And just maybe you have to stay apart for a while. And you pray for them. And you, you display your love like that. And let God do what only God can do. How's faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word. And hearing the word. What's the word doing? Showing us who he is. Showing us who we are. Bringing understanding of his ways. We're growing and moving in the love of God. In Psalms 36 verse 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. When we see how forgiving he is. How merciful. How compassionate he is. I see his loving kindness, and I don't run from him. When I mess up now, I run to him. When I first got saved and I messed up, which was daily, so I was one of those, I was at the altar every week getting saved again. As I messed up that week, messed up, I would run from him for some reason because I thought all of a sudden he didn't want to see me for a while. So I'd run from him. That I'd start feeling better and I do my penance and feel sorry for myself and go through all that for a while. And then I'd have a couple good days where, hey, we're, we're back buds again. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you for your forgiveness. And then I'd blow it and suddenly come back. Oh, I need to get saved until they had a talk with me. You don't get saved every week. Oh, you don't? Well, something's wrong with me big time then. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's your mind. You need to renew your mind. Well, why didn't you tell me this in the first place? <laughs> I thought something was wrong with me. I wasn't saved. I'd have these goofy thoughts that I knew wasn't God. But see, when I got a revelation that he wants me to run to him, he wants me to. He delights in it. He delights in giving us his loving kindness. He loves it when I ask him to forgive me and I repent. He's just waiting, he delights in that. So, oh, I've been long. Come here. Come here, Bob. That's what he does. He loves to. He delights in it. In fact, when you, you look up here, the word delight says he takes great pleasure in. He starts getting excited. It's like God's, oh, right here. Like, come on in here. <laughs> He's excited that you came back. What if you're, you're not messing up and you're just walking? He's excited that you're there. He is a good God. And the more revelation we get of that, the stronger we'll be 
in our faith, the stronger we'll be in our walk. Because I'm not condoning sin. There is a price to sin. The wages of sin is death. Well, I'm saying you need to repent. Run to him. Be quick to repent. Be quick to run to him. That's the loving kindness of God that calls you to him. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from sin? And I'll tell you, most do not see this. Most don't see how wonderfully kind, how tolerant, how patient, how loving, loving he is. Most don't see it. Because I'll tell you the truth, if we really saw it, we would extend that to others. If we really saw it, we would be wonderfully kind to others. We'd be tolerant, patient, and loving to others. That's what God wants. He wants us to hang out with him so much that he starts living through us. And we become loving kindness in the earth. My uncle, my uncle Frank, was a big, big fisherman. He made his own lures and all this stuff. And, and he, he loved the fish. He fished with Bill Dance. Some, I don't know if you, any of you have heard of Bill Dance. Big, he was a big uh, bass fisherman. My uncle, he's gone be with the Lord now. And um, anyway, I was going to get to go fishing with him. So I was excited, and I'd had, well, when I got saved, I had um, a couple years I didn't look at sports, believe it or not. God took sports for me, and this is just me. Everybody's different. Uh, music, I had so many albums. I went to a neighborhood dumpster, industrial park. I took them all and threw them. I started to keep one. Um, it was the mamas and the papas, I think. I don't know. Yeah, that's who it was. Picked down. I said, surely, Lord. And I looked at the title and it said, Devil's Daughter. And that was, I said, I'm just throwing them. And I gathered, kids came and were just watching. And I was thinking, I could give these kids these. And I said, no, I can't do that. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I do that. Do I think all music is bad? No, no, I'm not saying that's uh, just what the Lord was doing to me. So I didn't have sports. Uh, I didn't have the, the music. It had to be all Christian music. And I said, Lord, it's no Christian music. I mean, finally, second chapter Acts, I'm just dating myself, came out. And there was some contemporary, something with a beat, you know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, <laughs> thank God for the day. Hey, I'm just, we're loaded and so blessed with so much great music. Anyway, um, Went through uh, all this. Where was it? Oh, and fishing was why. I used to like to go fishing. And really um, wasn't that great at it. But uh, a man came and knocked on my door. I hadn't seen. I used to work with him. He had left uh, where we'd worked years before. He knocked on the door. And he said, I got something for you. He said, the Lord told me to bring you all this. So I go, what? And he comes out of his car. He's got all this fishing equipment. Bait casters, which I'd never used, you know, rod and rails, all this, and loads of 
uh, artificial lures and all this stuff. And uh, it was about $1,500 worth of stuff. I still got some of it. It's years ago. And, um, and I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I, I don't fish. I don't have time. I'm, I'm concentrating on family and you. I mean, and he said, you do now. I said, so then my uncle calls. My mom said, uh, your Uncle Frank wants to take you fishing. I said, he does. Sounds great. So we go out in his, his bass boat. He's got two live wells and all this. And he's, he's got his gauges and all this. We're going over here. And his first cast, he comes out with this big bass. I mean, uh, it was big. And I'm back at the live well in, in the back. And he said, uh, open up. I thought he was kidding. Like he's going like this, like he's going to throw this big bass back there. I thought he was kidding. I'm, I'm just going to joke with him like, <laughs> and drop it, and he throws it. Hits on top of the lid, boom, right back into the water. Now, I hadn't called the fish up, but I was ready to jump in after. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm just going, huh, I am so sorry. I was, you know, I know you were serious. And he just starts laughing. He said, oh, there's plenty of those, you know, oh, man, I'm in the right spot here. So we, we start hauling these fish, and then they stop. He goes, oh, we'll go down here, and I'll find you some stripers. You get some action. Every cast, and these things, if you ever fish for stripers, they fight. They're not real huge, but they fight. You know, you feel like you have a whale. Man, just had so much fun. What's that got to do with this? Well, <laughs> it's got this to do with it. He would look for the right bait. And the right bait would bring in the fish. And he would change the bait sometimes. But let me tell you what the right bait is for the family of God. What God's bait is to bring a lost and dying world. It's his loving kindness. It's that he will forgive your sins. If you'll turn to him, he'll give you new life. He is merciful. He's faithful. And his loving kindness endures to all generations. That's the bait that we have. Not being critical of the, of the sinner. They're just acting normal. That's like taking the fish and getting onto the fish. Why are you in water? Because they're just acting naturally. But we are called to be that bait. Our life is. And that's the reason that we repent. Because we want to keep our life clean before him. That we can make Jesus attractive to a lost and dying world. To a lost and dying generation. And let me tell you, it, it doesn't mean... A lot of people are excited about the end times, but I don't think it's going to be near as exciting as we think because it says that darkness will hate light. That means persecution. That means people coming against the light. But even as we're carrying the light, we're still called to love those even though they're hating us or mocking us because that's the bait to bring them in to the kingdom. Acting like him. 
who is good to the just and the unjust. Hallelujah. I'm not saying, like I said before, that we walk in sin. God forbid. But one thing I found out is that his loving kindness calls, didn't, it doesn't justify sin in my life. It causes me to want to sin out of my life. So I want to please him. Everything within me, I want to please him. Because he's done so much. I messed up plenty, so much. And I want to make my life count for him and be a blessing to those around me. In Psalms 103, verse 1. Wow. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul. Forget not all his benefits and forgives all your iniquities. Heals all your diseases. And you talk about healing. You talk about all, all different subjects in the Bible. They can't interrelate to each other. But the thing is, it takes faith to receive the promises of God. Healing or whatever it is. And if, if you don't have faith in his love for you, it causes you not to receive. It's hard to receive because you'll think I'm unworthy or you'll start looking at yourself instead of looking at the cross and looking at Jesus and seeing what he's done for you. Because God will heal you. I don't care if you smoke, you drink, you eat Krispy Kreme donuts for breakfast, lunch, and supper, and are abusing your body. You know what God will do? He'll heal your body. Now, chances are, if you don't change your ways, you're not going to keep your healing. <laughs> What's God going to do then? Well, he'll heal you again, but you start losing your confidence. Because it was never based on your actions or anything. It's based on the finished work of the cross. But God wants us healthy. He wants you to start taking authority so to the flesh over those donuts. Over the flesh. If you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you'll reap corruption. It didn't say God is going to bring corruption. Of the flesh you will reap corruption. So we're called to be responsible and to be healthy. Amen? Doesn't that just bless you during this time of year? With all that chocolate on there. Mm. faith works by love our love not our love for God but our faith in his love for us let me move on down verse 4 who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies he crowns your life. That means over your head, over your life, he crowns you with loving kindness. That means loving kindness should be coming out of you. There should be some mercy coming out of you. There should be some kindness coming out of you. There should be something different about your life. Because we live in a culture, it's all about me. I'm number one. And it's all about me. Did y'all hear me? It's all about me. And that's the way 
the world is. And they're boast, I'm boasting in this, I'm boasting in that. But we say it's all about him. He's number one. And my boast is not in me. My boast is in him and who he is. So he crowns your life of loving kindness and tender mercies. Satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Psalms 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He's not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. In other words, you don't get what you deserve. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Wow. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He delights in us receiving his love. He delights in us receiving forgiveness, receiving uh, his blessing, receiving his grace, receiving his favor. He delights to enter your life. He's sitting on the front porch waiting and, and, and calling for you to come home where he can get you right back into fellowship. You don't have to earn your way. You, you don't have to do anything. He just says, turn your heart to me. Give me your heart and it's all forgiven. He's an instant God. I mean, the instant you turn to him, there he is. Hallelujah. That's a blessing. You ever ask somebody to forgive you and they go, I'll think about it. You did this to yourself. You're getting what you deserve. Now, you, you don't need to look at somebody and say, well, look at what all they're going through. I'm feeling a lot better about myself. No, that's not the right way. <laughs> you see God's mercy and the loving kindness on someone else, it just makes you rejoice more. Because we're all in the same boat, folks. We all have fallen short of the grace of God. But God has given it to us. It's a gift to all that will turn to him and receive him. I'm so thankful he... He sits on that porch <laughs> in the moment we turn. He doesn't reject you. He doesn't devalue you. He says, come, you're welcome. I want to look for just a moment at Jonah uh, chapter 3. And Jonah, it's an interesting book. You can read it. It's four chapters. Just read the, read the book. But Jonah is called uh, to go to Nineveh, if you recall the story. And... What's he do? He says, no, God, I'm not going. And he gets in the boat to go to uh, Tarshish. And that is, if I recall the, the story right, I believe that's to the uh, west. And he's supposed to go to Nineveh, which is to the east. He goes in the opposite direction of where he's supposed to go. He said, I'm not going. So what happens, he gets on this... <laughs> ship going the wrong way from where God's told him to go and God sends a storm I mean this thing it's it's it said the the ship's about to break up <laughs> and everyone on there they're calling out to their gods you know 
what's happening here? What did we do? And they're calling out on their gods and getting no results. So, wasn't there another guy on this boat? Yeah, he's, he's down below asleep. So they go down to Jonah and say, don't you have a God to call on? He goes, oh, yes, I serve the true and the living God who created the seas and the, and the earth. And he said, well, wake up, man, call on him. He said, oh, I'm the problem. I caused all this. He said, just throw me overboard. These are heathens. They don't want to do it. They, don't want, they wait for a while, and then they pray to Jonah's God. So, hey, Lord, this man here, don't hold us responsible for him. <laughs> We're going to throw him over. And Jonah said, throw me over and he'll be calm. They throw him over, Lord, and what happens? It goes calm. Immediately, calm. Can you imagine what these guys, they go, wow. You know what happened to them? They all got saved. Wouldn't you? They all got saved. So they made vows and sacrifices to the true and the living God. And here's Jonah. And once again, the loving kindness of God sends a big fish. Yes, it wasn't a Walt Disney cruise or your favorite cruise line. It was a fish. But it's a lot better than drowning. Do you see that was the loving kindness of God? He would have drowned without the fish. And it says, and here's a remarkable thing to show you how hard this preacher was. It takes him three days and three nights in the fish before he repents. Now, I don't know about you. I, I kind of think it may have been a little quicker than that for me. I don't, I don't That's just me. And I've heard people say, well, it couldn't have got any worse for Jonah. Yes, it could have. How many know fishes have two ends? He's coming, <laughs> he's coming out of that thing. One way or the other, he's coming out of that fish. Now, thank God for repentance and he came out of the mouth. Now, it says, by the way, when you do repent, God is able to get you back and fulfill the destiny, what he's called you to do, because it was a uh, three-day journey to Nineveh. And when he lands on, on the land, the, the fish vomits him on the land. It says that same day he walks into Nineveh. What? He was traveling the opposite way, but let me tell you, once that fish ate him, he's traveling the will of God to Nineveh. <laughs> and let's look at, this is what comes down to this. Jonah chapter 3, verse 9. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that they may not perish? Then God saw their works, and they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said would bring, bring upon them, and he did not do it. You know, that's where you see some places say repent. He, God didn't repent because he made a mistake. He's just changing the way he's able to deal with something because they have repented. Anyway, uh, 
So what happens? Jonah, he comes with his message. You got 40 days or God's going to judge his place and all this. And what happens is the city of Nineveh, the king puts on sackcloth and ashes and they all repent. Even their animals said, look, get your dog, get your cat, put them in sackcloth. We're going after this. All the animals we're in on this. So you think, well, we got a happy preacher here. I mean, he went and fulfilled the will of God and everybody repented. Oh, happy days. No, verse 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know you are gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, Lord, please take my life from me. It is better for me to die than to live. This is an upset preacher. A little on the stupid side too. I'm just saying that. He's upset because he knew God. He knew his ways. He said, if I go with this message, I know what's going to happen. God, you're just so gracious and you're so merciful. You're so abundant in that loving kindness. You won't do no harm to him. You're so slow to anger. Why was this going on in him? It's because the Hebrews did not like the Ninevites. See, Jonah had experienced the loving kindness of God. He knew God. He knew his ways. But he did not want to extend it to people he didn't like. It was uncomfortable for him. But God got his attention. So God plants a plant to give him some shade. And said, Jonah, he loved this plant because it gave him some shade from the heat. He's so happy with this plant. And he's just, you know, he's wanting to die because God was so merciful and so good. Not really realizing how merciful and good God was to him. For him to eat the tree, this plant. Let's look and see. Well, let me uh, do this other verse real quick. Think about this. He said, I'd rather see God's judgment on people than your mercy. And he said, I want to die because of it. Isaiah 63, verse 7, I will tell the loving kindness of God. I will praise him for all he's done. I will rejoice in his great goodness to Israel, which he has granted in accordance with his mercy and his love. Jonah was really not fulfilling all those that received his love. They owe one thing, he says, you owe a debt of love to others. See, if you've received the love of God, we owe love to others. But, but, but anyway, I'm just going to... Go down here, Jonah 4, verse 9. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because this plant died? 
Yes, Jonah retorted. Even angry enough to die? Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Ellen loves that verse. God mentions the animals. <laughs> Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? God is interested in people. Even those people that frustrate you, rub you the wrong way, even those people that you work with, even those people that say bad things about you. He wants you to show mercy to them and loving kindness and pray for them and let your light shine. Do we back off the truth? No. We bring the truth in love. And we walk this thing out. Is there hope for America? I, I believe it. I just believe the church needs to wake up and we do what we're called to do. Be a voice in the earth. Stand up for God and the truth. If God would not take out Sodom and Gomorrah, when Abraham's before God and saying, if there's 50 righteous, will you not judge? And God said, oh, no. Then he went down to 45, and he just goes through the numbers. He said, what about 10? And God said, I'll not judge them if there's 10 righteous people. And you know the story that Lot got, got out of there. And he was slow about it. And the angel said, we can't do anything till you're gone. I believe there's more than 50 of us in America. I believe there's a, a body of Christ that can rise up and intercede and walk the walk and let your light shine and, and cause a, lion, a, a dying, perverse generation to see the light of his glory. Who are well everyone no there'll be some that don't but we need to do our part that's our heads father we don't want to be a people who just talk to talk a people who just love our doctrine and don't love people we want to love people even those that seem to be against us and enemies against us. We want to show the loving kindness of a father, our father. We want to be patient and kind with others. We want to show them the way. We want to model an example who Jesus Christ is in our life. And God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to minister to those around us who don't know you. And Lord, we can share our testimony. We can share how good God's been in our life. That you'll give us voice and give us courage to speak and declare you're a good, good father. If there's anyone here that's never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life,
What do I mean? I mean surrendering your life to him. I mean following him. Taking the Bible, taking the word of God to be the final authority in your life. Making what he says what you say. Making his thoughts your thoughts. Being a vessel of honor in the house of God. It said those that will be a vessel of honor have chosen to be a vessel. They purge themselves from those hindrances, from those unrighteous deeds and acts. They purge and detox themselves of spiritual darkness that the light would shine brighter. They've repented and said, Lord, I want to be a vessel unto honor in the household of faith. And we can't do it in our own strength. The beautiful thing is, it's the strength of God. It's the grace of God. He has ability. He strengthens us to do what we can't do on our own. If today you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and you're ready to get right with God, just slip up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come down now, but we'll have some prayer partners in just a few minutes. You can come and pray with them. Maybe you prayed this before, but you realize you're out of fellowship. Maybe you're in the fish's belly right now, and you need to come out. There's been compromise in your life, and you need to repent. You've been doing some things that don't please the Lord. And it does hurt your testimony. That you just lift up your hand. We're going to all pray together. Let's pray. Say, Lord. Everybody say, Lord, forgive me of sin in my life. I realize I was born in this earth lost. I needed a Savior, but you gave your only begotten Son that through belief in Him, that He took my place, He took my shame, He took all my guilt, He took all my fears. Every place I've missed it, He took it for me. I now lay down my life and I surrender to Jesus. My life is now yours, Lord. Give me a new spirit. Make me brand new on the inside. I'll call you the Lord of my life. Empower me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I can live the way you've called me to live. Thank you for saving me. I give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Who wants to stand up? prayer partners to come be accepted the Lord this morning to invite you down to, to get that confirmed someone to pray for you if you need to make a, a change in your life that's what repentance is you're changing your mind going a different path maybe you need to make a different path you need a change in direction come and get someone to agree with you come if you need healing in your body and whoever has a, a gallbladder issue, come and receive.
healing in that gallbladder. God will touch and bring healing to that, also to the back pain uh, that you're experiencing. God will heal and touch that. And if something stirred up within you when I said you want to be a vessel of honor, you feel like you've been a vessel of dishonor? And God says, you can make that choice and I will uphold the choice that you make and you can be that vessel of honor in the household of faith and you can make a difference in your world you can make an impact to those around you because nothing is impossible with me and when you've turned your heart to me I'll do the impossible in you and it'll not be a hard thing for you because I'm going to do it for you some of you need to be, need to, you say, well, Pastor, I've never heard of making the choice to be a, a vessel of honor. What's well, the Word of God? It's in Timothy, be a vessel of honor and glory in the house of God. And those watching online, if you want to be a vessel of honor in the household of faith, you make that choice. Now, when you make that choice, you're making a choice to purge yourself of all unrighteousness. But you do it with God's strength. You do it with God's help. And you put your hands in the hands of someone who knows you the best and loves you the most with an unwavering, unending love. There's nothing that you can do to get God to stop loving you. There's nothing that you can do. Let's look at our questions real quick. I forgot those. Stick those questions at the end. It says, we look up here. Loving kindness of Father God's unconditional, unfailing, unlimited, unending, and steadfast love for you. God's bait to capture the heart of a lost and dying world is his loving kindness. You can't do anything to get God to love you more. You can't do anything to get God to love you less. God will not make you love him. And you can't be in murder not loving you. God delights in loving you, forgiving you, and being merciful to you. That's our Father. He's extravagant. I'm telling you, he's extreme. He's excessive in this thing. And you can run to him. I do it all the time. Do I have some runners in this place? Do I have some runners that run to God in this place? Am I just up here by myself? Let me hear you. Is there a runner in this place that runs to God? I'm telling you to run to Him. Run to this altar. Run to Him. Because He delights in it when you run to Him. He's going to catch you. And everything's going to be different. Because He's a life-changing God. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.